Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. Uh, Today, I have the pleasure of Milan Mazic. Uh, Welcome, Milan. Good morning to you, Julian. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Now, good to see you. And I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you uh, before we get into some sort of conversation with you. Uh, You're the founder and CEO of Zycam Integrated Security, which is uh, you're passionate about providing high-quality, state-of-the-art surveillance and detection security systems for use in commercial, industrial, and domestic settings. And you're coming up to nearly 25 years since you've uh, founded uh, the business. So that's an incredible testament to yourself. And um, the question I always ask my guests when they first come on the show, really, is to ask, you know, what do you love about what you do, Madame? Julian, I have such a passion for selling. Um, I sell with honesty, passion, integrity. And when I see a potential customer who's unfortunately had an incident and I'm there to be able to guide him in the right direction and um, advise him what he would require from a security aspect. And once he gives us the go ahead, is to see how happy he is because that's what makes me happy. And that Fantastic. is in a nutshell, really. So you like helping, it's ultimately helping people, isn't it? That's, that's the premise of what you're doing. You're helping people be more secure and highly protected with your services, aren't you? Very much so. That's, that's what we are about because as the founder of the business, I always try to ensure that all my staff had the same principles and desires so that would feed across the company. So once I've sold the idea, obviously it's the engineering then that carry the flagship. So they're the next call that turn up to a potential installation. Brilliant. And today uh, we're, going to, we're going to talk about staff loyalty. And the reason I, I've asked you to come on this show, because I think you've got something quite, I would say unique in this day and age uh, of trying to have a low turnover staff, have a, a staff that's engaged and, and extremely sort of up for, for change. And, you know, in the 25 years, I know you've only had seven people leave your organization and you're an organization of just over 30, which, you know, it doesn't sound a lot, but actually it's significant in terms of the fact that only seven people in 25 years haven't left, have left your business. And, um, I just want to delve in a little bit an understanding because I want you to share some of those strategies, some of those insights that that you have managed to navigate over that time to keep people engaged, but also uh, sort of staying for such a long time and such high loyalty. And you got staff that have been over twenty years, which is incredible. So, why has it been so? Why are people so loyal to your business, Julian? I've always tried to be fair. Um, Treat people as you expect to be treated. That That is basically my motto. You know, it's a real balancing act as no two employees are alike. Each has unique desires and goals. And so, therefore, you're trying to 
work them together to try and get them to see the same goals as as I do. So I've always tried to, as an example, um, taking on new staff. Um, the whole idea, as far as I'm concerned, is, is 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 pairing a new employee with a mentor, which is a great component to add to your onboarding process. So they're never left on their own. You, you hear so many times somebody starts a new position in a company, especially in engineering, they're just left to their own devices. Well, mm. unless you've got a mentor there to say, oh, Zai, come down, I like doing that, and Zai, because they're going to pick up bad habits from where they were in the past. And I'd like mm. to think that if we're structured in such a way that um, by having a mentor, they'll be guided and they'll learn mm. the right way, the Zycam way, the Zycam culture, if you like. Um, so, so part of your onboarding process, you actually assign somebody uh, a mentor to help them and guide them uh, in that sort of process. What got you to thinking that way? Because, I mean, it's, people are doing it all the time now, but, you know, 25 years ago, what made you think, actually, this is a good way of getting people uh, to understand about the company and the sort of the values and the approach to how you want it to be? Well, I sort of started the company by default in a way. And um, when things started to, 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 to mould, um, I always had a fear of, will this, will, will this business work? Where, where will it take me? Can I try and teach the people to work with me my way? Because you can only have one boss. And I don't throw my weight around as a rule. Well, I don't, but you, you, you've only got one boss and you've got to learn from your boss. And I will I will learn through my mistakes during that, that journey. Mm. So it, it was trying to, to do the right things, what I thought were the right things, and for people to follow suit, Julia. Okay. And so, so you have this onboarding process, which I think is, is really valuable in terms of gaining that sense of understanding the culture and the ways of working. How else are you sort of creating that sort of loyalty with your, your staff? Okay, so recognise your employees for specific accomplishments. Um, most employees want to help the business to succeed. Um, so offering employees growth options, Training, which is a major role within our company. Um, we look at new um, products that are always on the market. We always try to be at the forefront of, of technology. So mm. we always train all our engineers to ensure that when they're on site, they know what they're doing so that they're part of that team. Um, Salaries, I've paid, I've, this, I say I, I guess Zycam have um, always paid a salary increase every year regardless. Um, I've always, always put my staff before me. If I had to go without, I did, just mm. to ensure that my staff had what I felt they should have whether they earned it through hard work, whatever it may be, personal support. Um, so salaries was something that 
there was always an increase. Mm. And I can assure you that I have gone without. And what I do love as well is the fact that they've seen that and they know that, you know. So um, I'm proud of that. And I think that's why they know that Milan wears his heart on his sleeve mm. and genuine person. And then we've got Perks, Julian, um, every quarter, um, the company will treat the staff to a night out. So we say, what do you want to do? And they'll say, well, we'll go temping bowling. So everyone goes temping bowling. Mm. A few guys are temping bowling. And then we'll end up in the local Indian or Chinese restaurant or whatever it might It's their choice. I have nothing mm. to do with it except pay the bill. So for that night, it's their night. So we've done go-karting, we've done bowling, um, we've done archery. Um, just to keep, it's like a family, it really is, you know. It, it's, it's keeping that momentum, mm. breaking up, you know, work and social time. Um, and and it's interesting because you, you, you said that word about, you know, you, you give people the choice what they wanted to do as opposed to you you it's basically you're empowering them rather than saying this is how we're going to create engagement we're going to do this event you actually put the choice to them which then helps even more the engagement and then that engagement then works through that greater sort of loyalty yes it's interesting you, you mentioned one of your principles uh this very start was about fairness uh i want to either expand a bit more upon that but also any other sort of guiding principles that have helped you in your business those are the sort of things that that worked for me bearing in mind when i started i had one engineer and i had a host of subcontractors that really didn't work in the end um because i suffered but you know as each member of staff came the first one would teach as i was saying he would be the mentor to the first or the second employee and so that's that's how it worked, a, a sort of domino effect. Mm. Uh, in the early days, um, when we had four, well, I can remember up to about eight employees, a Friday was, you know, everyone would be back at the offices and they'd all be washing down their vans on a Friday afternoon. And I'd be there with my brush helping them wash the vans as well. So I was one of the lads, you know, I didn't... Yeah. Didn't then want them seeing me as oh, Milan's the MD, Milan's the. I just didn't think like that, and I think that sort of embedded the the culture, the closeness mm. that we could talk to each other. Um, some jobs ran swimmingly, mm. some jobs not so that they could come and see me and say, Milan, you know, we've had a problem. Something's hit the proverbial. I'm really sorry, but blah, 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 and we'd work it out, you know. Um, so having that closeness, I think, helped immensely because as each person came on, you know that they're going to say, what's Milan like? And they'll say, it's not your normal boss. He'll come out and wash the cars. He'll make the drinks. So it, it, it was like that. But obviously, as the business grows, mm. to have a bit of more of an infrastructure you then start to delegate, but you hope that people that take on the managerial roles um, 
will be able to follow the basic rules of, of Zycam to pass them on. And I touch wood, it really has, Julian, and that's why we've been successful. And that's that's what I was, I was going to ask, actually, because obviously, you know, some people might be listening now who've got bigger businesses, which is fine. And and I guess, I guess, A, what would be your advice to, I guess, your future self in terms of how do you take your business? I know you're trying to scale as well. Um, you know, when you get to when you may have more double staff, triple staff in, in years to come, how will you maintain that loyalty and that engagement? What are, what are your thoughts on that in terms of going forward uh, with your uh, employees? Be nice. Be approachable. Nice. It doesn't matter whether you've got 34 staff like we have with 15 subcontractors. And may I add that those 13 of the 15 contractors have had an association with Zycam for over 17 years, which is really amazing. We've got two of those subcontractors have actually been with me 25 years on my very, very first installation um, who are in their late 50s and they're still going strong. Um, so um, it costs nothing to be nice. I think being ruthless, as I said earlier, you know, no two employees are alike. So mm. it's difficult sometimes to balance it. But if you take that time to understand each individual as a human being, mm. knowing what outside interests they have, you know, yeah. um, and trying to guide, sort of work with them and talk mm. about what they love, so I've always tried to to do that, and I, I, I feel that they're the basic rudiments of a successful business. Be nice to people. They'll be nice to you. You earn that mutual respect. Mm. And without repeating myself, you know, in my opinion, uh, many, many moons ago, I had 172 subordinates, and um, I know that I was loved by all because mm. I would never refuse anybody. I was always approachable and I would do anything for anyone. Mm. So that to me is, is if I'm approachable, that means that any person can knock my door and mm. whether it's home life, work life, whatever it may be, you know, um, I'll do it. I, I remember sadly Four years ago, one of my engineers who has been with me 11 years, his wife had a brain tumour and sadly didn't recover. He was pretty much off work for a year and a half mm. and I paid him a full salary. Wow. Never deducted a penny. I felt sorry for him. 37, his wife 34, three kids. And I had to take myself to where he is mm. to understand the emotions that he's going through, knowing that he's got to work to bring money into the house and feed mm. his family. Mm. He's got to go to work to knowing that he's, he's not going to be 100% on the job because he's been worrying about his mm. wife and his family. So, yes, for that period, 
I've said, look, you take as much time as you want, do what you've got to do, and we'll support you. Mm. That's fantastic. Um, at the back behind me, and that was four or five years ago, I've still kept his thank you card, um, as I do, because everything has a meaning. Mm. And, uh, even now, I can get emotional. Mm. So that, that's Milan, basically. No, no, and that's, that's, that's an amazing story. And I, th I think, think it's interesting what I've just got from what you've just been saying, actually. Um, you have processes in place in terms of creating this loyalty. You've just you've gone through all of them. But actually, it's more than a process here. This is, this is empathetic leadership. This is leadership that values people and really engages with people and sees the person holistically rather than just in the workplace and you're paying them, therefore they must do the job. Actually, you're going beyond that. So not only are you stepping down in the sense of helping them out, being with them or engaging them when they're in sort of difficult situations like that uh, guy you just talked about. And I think that's the difference in terms of making um, organizations really sort of thrive and really grow and creating that culture. And it, it does start from leadership. It does start from the top where you have to uh, value people as people. And that's what you're doing. And I think, um, you know, that's in you. And obviously you've then worked out processes. What else have you sort of other thoughts are on that in terms of, if I look back at, I guess, the last 12 months, which has been, a really tough time for a lot of organizations and we know that empathetic leadership has become a bit more of a prominent thing and a way of helping organizations grow um what have you been doing any differently in the last 12 months through covid or have you just continued the same vein or thought differently about it julian covid was a, um, a, a worrying time because uh like everyone out there because it affects every human being every business conceivable um we were all affected we were all not knowing where this was going to take us um we were as a business fortunate that um some of our customers were sort of frontline and as a business we were recognized as frontline so the first thing we had to do was to ensure that um, all our ppe was up to date that we'd got everything possible and again it was another area where um, we did not cut corners um, in the first i think i know i won't be far out but i think the first nine weeks we spent over seven and a half thousand pounds on special masks, visors, um, sanitizers, mm. or hospital grade. Um, and then, of course, what happened that a lot of people took advantage. So, when you first bought that mask, it was fifty pounds. Then the same mask was ninety-five pounds. The same sanitizer from ninety went to one hundred and fifty, and you know, sadly, people benefited in, in, in those areas or took advantage, should I say. So we knew that the workforce were geared, mm. that they were safe, and obviously I ensured that that filtered through 
to the management team mm. and where we had um, members of staff, we set them up to work at home. Mm. We had skeleton staff at work because we were still getting deliveries, etc. And the rest of the installation team were out on the road permanently. Yeah. So we would have Zoom calls at night if it needed be, phone calls. Um, so that's how we looked after them as well. We've now got, we, we self-test once a week, every Monday. We have a self-testing kit mm. uh, where you apply a, a fog to your nose and put it into a test tube and then pour it onto a swab and it should re give you a reading within mm. 15 minutes. It's one that the government acknowledge. So again, we feel that we've got the right equipment. Mm. And to wood, um, we've not lost anyone through COVID. Brilliant. So we've been very, very lucky. I feel very bad yeah. for companies that obviously have had to furlough and in some cases have lost their business. It, it really is sad and my heart goes out to them. Mm. And it seems that you've, as you seem to approach your business, you approach it through the, I guess, the human sort of filter in terms of what's best for my people, what's best for the, uh, the individuals. And you've adapted, you've invested in terms of all the sort of you need to do and the adaptations. And it's interesting how all that uncertainty that was going on last year for all of us and, and continues in some 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 sort of way is that you've then tried to provide a little bit of certainty and which again is another way of maintaining that engagement and loyalty and and the key thing I think Messi I want to get across is um is that through all this of your business you are continuing to grow your top line and your bottom line and it's not that you're doing what you're doing and you're not going anywhere and in despite covid you've actually you're growing and and it's fantastic and a testament but even pre-covid you were growing and doing well as a business and it's a testament to you in terms of you being very human-centric in your leadership and your approach and valuing people for who they are uh, yeah. as your sort of underlying guiding principles If you don't mind me saying so, I'd have to agree because that, that's how I feel. Um, we are continuing to grow. Um, we are looking at opening um, another site down, down south. Um, and never, and I say this honestly, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that Zycam would be where it is today. Um, because I started from my bedroom all on my own mm. and um, it was uh, quite a task at the time and so many times my partner says you need to stand back and just look at what you've achieved because you don't sometimes no. on that um, on that wheel that hamster wheel as I say mm. you just, you're, you're on you're on you're on you don't have time to sit back and sure. actually reflect and um, I, I've done a lot of that in the last couple of years. Good. And it's only then that I sort of look back and think, my God, you know, I'm proud. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you just don't think, well, I haven't anyway. So um, I've been blessed 
with good health. I've been blessed to have an absolutely wonderful, wonderful team around me. Mm. And um, it, it's just wonderful. Brilliant. And, as, and, and as we look out to oh, 2021, and what, what would be your one or two thoughts or, or, or advice to other companies how to a manage the continuous uncertainty uh, and help them to get into a place where the the company is starting to thrive not just in a financial sense but also in a culture sense what would be your thoughts on that for this year i i have to go to to what i've said you know people listening in today um the majority will probably think well i'm already doing that um being approachable, working with staff, uh, wearing your heart on your sleeve. That's what it's about to me. I can't, I wouldn't, there's nothing else that I would add to that because that's what I feel was successful for me and for Zycam. Mm. And none of that cost me anything. You know, to be nice to somebody costs nothing. Mm. Expect somebody costs nothing. To help and support somebody costs nothing. Mm. And if that transmits to your staff, then they are going to feel part of that family. Yeah. You know, organisations have got three, four, five, six hundred members of, you know, or employees, should I say. Yeah, of course it's harder. Um, but the rules are still the same. It's just mm. it is harder to do, and I, I understand that. Um, but for companies the size of Zycam, I definitely know that works because people that have come on board within three months have said, my word, this is so different to where I've ever, ever, ever been. You know, we've right. just started four new employees in the last two and a half weeks and everyone has said exactly the same. And that is down to the quality of clothing, the PPE, the vehicles, and the tools. Mm. Well, that to me are the most important factors. A presentation, because at the end of the day, if I've sold a job, I've done my bit. So you're now going there to show what you can do. If you turn up looking good with decent um, company, what's the word? Uniform, mm. um, the right tools for the job. Yeah vehicle that is always clean because I will not allow dirty vehicles mm. that's my pet hate it's probably my OCD but <laughs> ask any member of staff and they, they know I won't tolerate it there's a difference when you're travelling and the vehicles get dirty and there's a difference when you know that that vehicle hasn't seen a sponge in a week yeah. so clean vehicles every vehicle's got all the janitorial equipment in there your vacuum, your sprays yeah polishes that's who and what we are because i always say you never know when you turn up on site that managing director or the general manager if they follow you to your van and it looks a right mess they're going to worry about their installation yeah it goes back to personal branding because in the day you know you know the brand of of uh, zycam is obviously reflected through milan and then, but that's reflected through the whole organization. And I think it's an important aspect that every employer takes a responsibility and accountability for that. Because whoever people interact with 
somebody at Zycam, whoever it is in the organization, they are representing, whether it's a phone call, an email, or in person, they are representing that company. And that's vital that they represent the same values and the same um, sort of brand that you want to uh, approach. That's really valuable. Uh, and I think that's important. Um, I, thank you for your time, uh, Milan, today. I just want to uh, appreciate all your insights and you sharing today. Uh, thank, thank you. For that. But I just want to ask if people want to get in touch with you, um, uh, how would the best way of getting hold of, of you and sort of making some contact with you? Okay, so www.zycam-security.co.uk is our website, or you can contact me on Milan um, at zycam-security.co.uk. Um, looking up Zycam, we've got all various contacts, telephone numbers, mobile numbers, emails for all different individuals. And even if it's just advice, you know, we're more than happy to give free advice. We're more than happy to visit and give a free survey and, and, and help and support. I once again want to thoroughly thank you, Julian, for giving me this opportunity. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I hope that the listeners have too. Mm, brilliant. No, thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate that. Thank you, Julia. If you like this episode, then please do subscribe, do share with your friends, and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organization to create a resilient culture, then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.